Welcome to the interview chair. My name is Jimmy Casas and I am your host. Are you an educator who is currently feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, or wondering if you can continue to do this work? Visualize yourself back in the interview chair. You are genuine, sincere, and full of passion. You convinced the group of people that you were the best person for the job and you believed it. That is the real you. Thank you for joining me as I take you back to the interview chair to remind you of why you wanted to become an educator. Welcome to episode 39 of the interview chair. Pushback is inevitable. Recently, a good principal friend of mine reached out to me and a few others who serve in leadership roles to share a work-related issue that was weighing heavily on his mind. The immediate, encouraging, and insightful responses he received from his network of colleagues reminded me that, regardless of the emotional and stressful firestorms we sometimes must extinguish as teachers and leaders, we will come out stronger and wiser having lived through them. Veteran educators are some of the most durable people I know. They are amazingly adept at handling the emotional toll and stress that comes with teaching and leading schools. Why? Well, for one, they must be able to survive the pushback and the pressures that come with the volume of decisions they need to make on any given day. Secondly, they are aware of the weight their decisions carry and over time, get accustomed to being on the receiving end of an abundance of emotion. Without a strong sense of self-awareness and self-confidence, those stressful encounters could leave them feeling inept. And sometimes that feeling creeps in despite their experience. But the third and perhaps the most distressing is that they may have had to learn to navigate the ego and personal, personal self-serving agendas of those who oppose their decisions. Now, not all opposition is bad, but too often the motives of competent educators gets called into question when they run contrary to a parent's or colleague's wishes. Being a classroom, school, or district leader today requires a great deal of fortitude, especially for those who aim to influence the status quo. Pushback is to be expected which means that having the courage to see things through is necessary in the work we do. So I want to share five common ways or areas in which a school leader's resolve might be tested. And these areas include implementing change, responding to requests for teacher changes, student suspensions, interviewing internal candidates, and evaluating staff. So, how would you respond to these items if you were allowed to return to the interview chair? And then ask yourself, is your current behavior mirroring those same words? And if not, why not? By taking time to reflect on our own behavior, we can push the reset button and go back and focus on becoming the best version of ourselves, the same person we were in the interview chair. So let's begin by number one, talking about implementing change. Leaders create a path for change, and part of that responsibility starts with shifting our mindset. We need to move beyond the rhetoric that change is difficult. And as educators, we do ourselves a disservice when we continue to reinforce and perpetuate that belief. My friends, change is not always difficult. It's not always scary. In fact, 
Not changing is scary. Becoming irrelevant is scary. I've learned over the years that it's not change that gets most teachers and administrators worked up. Instead, what teachers fear is not having the time necessary to change or the support or the resources that help support that change. And that fear, well, that can lead to a defeatist attitude rather than a winning attitude. No, we need to begin to see change as exhilarating, exciting, beneficial, and necessary to grow and develop our craft. As leaders, we need to do a better job of focusing on less by reducing the number of initiatives while providing more time for the ones we are currently working on to provide the right support for our teachers so they embrace change rather than see it as a burden. Number two, teacher changes. One of the most charged issues that can create pushback is when a parent submits a request for a different teacher for their child and it is not granted. This is a leader's responsibility to implement a process that is equitable for all kids and fair to all teachers and families. All teachers deserve an opportunity to address any concerns from parents first. Teacher changes should only be granted after attempts to resolve the concerns with the student, parent, teacher, and administrator have been unsuccessful. Effective processes, when communicated clearly, hold us all accountable for ensuring that all parties feel satisfied with the outcome. Number three, suspensions. Now, sometimes removal of students is necessary in order to ensure the safety of others. I am not questioning that. But supporting students in acquiring the necessary skills to help them manage themselves better takes time. It takes patience and an intentional interventions. Such interventions must provide students with opportunities to reflect on their decisions or their behaviors and provide a platform for dialogue and mediation with adult guidance in order to impact change over time. Consequences that are delivered out of frustration or come across as punitive will ultimately create a culture of mistrust. When we adjust our approach as adults by differentiating discipline of student misbehaviors, we begin to foster a community of dignity and respect for all kids. Number four, internal candidates. Yep, who to choose. Now this is one of the most grueling of all tasks because regardless of which internal candidate we choose, we know someone is going to be left devastated by our selection. The fallout from a wounded staff member can also leave a sour taste in colleagues who supported this staff member's desire for a new position and consequently lead to serious pushback. If not managed appropriately, this could damage our credibility long-term if we are not completely transparent from the onset. If we don't believe an individual is qualified or won't seriously be considered, let's not play a game and make them go through the process unless required by board policy. This is offensive. And although difficult, the right thing to do is to have the courage to sit down and be truthful where we see them fitting in long-term. How an employee manages themselves during this conversation will tell you whether or not you made the right decision. And finally, evaluating staff. As we approach the end of the fall semester, 
The majority of school administrators have completed their initial walkthroughs, informal visits, and formal observations. What we communicate, how we communicate, and most importantly, when we communicate those experiences to staff will impact our relationship with staff and ultimately influence the overall morale and culture of the building. It is critical, my friends, that we be transparent with our feedback and express any concerns we may have at this juncture of the year in order to be fair to our staff. Waiting until April or May to include this in a summative evaluation is not only unfair, but it more than likely will be perceived as a gotcha. Any negative responses, including rebuttals or arguments or grievances that we received are often created by our own doing. People can't fix what they're not aware of. And we have a responsibility to express our concerns as soon as they become aware to us. Let me be candid. The inventory of feelings that many school leaders experience regularly would require an immediate check-in at an employee assistance program in many other professions. Knowing where to expect pushback and preparing mentally and emotionally for it empowers leaders to be durable and resilient. And if even if at times our mental fortitude is challenged to the maximum level, regardless of how we feel in the moment, we must remember that we can press pause and ask ourselves what the situation requires of us. We cannot avoid the inevitable pushback from making decisions, but how we respond to it will determine our credibility and success as school leaders. After all, leadership is not just how we behave when we know what to do. Rather, it is best seen in the actions we take when we don't know what to do. My friends, it is time to recalibrate. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I hope that you will join me each week as I take you back to the interview chair, because I know this, that when you sat in that interview chair, that, my friends, was the best version of you. Be sure to check out my website at jimmycostas.com backslash the interview chair for links, resources, and show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Casas underscore Jimmy. If you enjoyed today's show from the interview chair, subscribe to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts to ensure you never miss an episode.